You'll be coming back with me, Keeper. Moria stared at the young warrior. Gavril Kitsune had escorted her across the wastes after her village was destroyed, her people massacred. A massacre orchestrated, as she'd later discovered, by his father, the former marshal, a man long thought dead. Orchestrated and carried out with Gavril's full knowledge. If that betrayal had not been enough, she'd been taken in battle nearly a fortnight ago and held captive at Alvar Kitsune's compound, under Gavril's care. Locked in a dungeon at Gavril's command. And now, a mere day after her escape, he stood before her, with the emperor at his side, telling her she was going back. Moria took a slow step backward, bumping into her wildcat, Dago and the emperor's son, Tyrus. Dago pressed against her legs, growling, his fur on end. Tyrus stepped in front of her. Is this sorcery, Tyrus said, and do not tell me you aren't a sorcerer. When we were children, you swore you were not. Lied to me, as I now realize. I told Moria once that I knew you as well as anyone could, but you have proven that I did not know you at all. Gavril flinched at that. After everything, he actually flinched, as if wounded by his old friend's words. Tyrus went on. This is sorcery. It must be, to convince my father to let you take Moria. It is not sorcery, Emperor Tatsu said his voice soft but firm. It is war. I need a spy in Alvar's camp, and Gavril has convinced me he is not our enemy. Then make him the spy, Moria said. If he is telling you he is innocent, let him prove it. It is not that simple, the emperor said. Gavril's position is precarious enough. He must maintain the fiction of allegiance to his father. Fiction, she looked at Gavril. Is that what it is? But of course, it's all a terrible misunderstanding. How wronged you have been, Lord Gavril. How poorly I have treated you when you have been nothing but kind to me. He wouldn't meet her gaze as she spoke. There is no fiction here, Moria said. Only another kind of sorcery. The one Kitsunes are best at, lies. She turned on her heel to see Delane, son of warlord Okami, whose lands they were on. Her hand moved to her dagger, ready for him to block her path, but he dipped his chin and stepped aside, allowing her and Dago to walk into the forest. Behind her, she heard the clatter of swords, Tyrus starting to come after her. She knew that without looking, but his father said, let her go. And to Moria's relief, and yes, a little to her dismay, Tyrus obeyed. Moria walked until she was out of sight, and then she broke into a run, a headlong dash through the trees, her chest feeling like it was going to explode, her eyes threatening to fill with tears. What sin had she committed against the goddess to deserve this? She might not be as pious as a keeper ought to be, but did her petty rebellions truly warrant such punishment? Her twin sister missing, the children of her village missing, her emperor handing her over to a traitor, and Tyrus. No, Tyrus had done the right thing, staying by his father's side. 
filial piety above all, including any attachment to young women. Tyrus was honorable, always honorable. And she loved him for it, even if she might desperately wish to hear his footfalls. Boots pounded behind her. Dago growled, and she knew it was not Tyrus. She pulled her blade as she turned. When she saw who it was, her fingers gripped the dagger, and the urge to whip it with all her might was almost too much. Instead, she shoved the dagger into her belt and kept running. Moria! She kept going, veering past a gnarled oak over a stream, one boot sliding in mud, Dago pushing against her to keep her upright. Keep her! She stopped then. Stopped and turned and saw him. A tall, dark-skinned warrior, his figure as identifiable as his braids and his green sorcerer eyes. Wait, Keeper, we must speak. Do not call me that, she said through her teeth. I have always called you that, and so you will no more, she said. 